Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We're at a new time, a new place. We're on Monday evenings now. We're going to go ahead and uh, move the show to Mondays now, uh, get you that golf content as early as possible, ready to go for the new week. So um, that's why we're moving this to Mondays. And then for the bigger tournaments, uh, we're going to do maybe a Twitter spaces, something like that on Wednesdays with some updates and some additional discussion. So space that out a little bit and do it on Mondays and Wednesdays and see how that goes. So we're here with you on Monday evening. For those of you who are watching live, we appreciate that. I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, power through here for the next 45 minutes or so. I'm on the back side of a cold. So, uh, we're feeling a little better today, but, uh, voice still sounds a, a little shaky at times, but, uh, that's okay. We'll get through it. We've got golf to talk about. That always makes things a little more exciting. And I've got uh, notorious Derek Farnsworth alongside me as usual. Noto, what's going on? Man, I'm on the men too. Uh, got COVID last week. So no, uh, no. yeah, that was a rough couple of days, but feeling better. Um, pretty much just down to a cough. So it sounds like, uh, we're trending upward. <laughs> turning in the right direction uh i've got to get a tooth pulled tomorrow too so i gotta it's just been Jeez. a fun few days but uh yeah i didn't uh, didn't know that you had covid so uh glad you're feeling better and uh hopefully uh, no side effects last too long for you there so did you did you lose the taste and smell or uh what uh 
you know, what's it? Just cough or what? I wasn't feeling great. So I Googled, uh, you know, the symptoms and uh, I had the top eight of them. Um, Oh, so then I decided to get tested and then sure enough. But uh, yeah, so I had my sense of smell and taste, luckily. So I could eat food. Um, But yeah, it was a a rough couple of days. I wasn't expecting uh, that for sure. Well, glad you're on the mend and uh, we'll see if we can pick some golf winners as well. Uh, everybody is a genius last week talking about John Rahm as the top play. Uh, it's just, uh, we can all the, uh, all the touts, we can pat ourselves on the back and, and tell ourselves good job. So basically a wire to wire win there for John Rahm last week. No real surprise. There was some overlay in the contest on DraftKings. So I was scrambling to throw in a few extra entries at the last minute, had a few, uh, Rahm and Fino lineups, but, uh, all of those had either four or five or six. So. Didn't have a Rom Finau lineup with a six of six. And uh, therefore, you know, with Rom being so highly owned, didn't have anything at the uh, top of the leaderboard. But uh, how was your week there, Derek? Yeah, no surprises to see Rom win, like we talked about. I mean, there's not much you can do. He ended up being even higher owned than any of us thought. I think he was 46% in the big $20 GPP. Um, ended up being a good week for me. My main lineup cashed. I uh, had some good showdown results as well, but uh, yeah, man, another guy missed the cut on Friday with six footer. I got to get uh, those out of my system before the next major. And who was that? Who gets the, uh, the, the red Nick, flag for that one? Nick Taylor this time. So he missed by, uh, all right. So yeah, Nick Taylor finished at one under, missed a six foot, four inch birdie putt on 18, parred the last seven holes. Uh, yeah, just couldn't get, uh, uh, there were some guys that were kind of on that cut line there throughout Friday. Uh, Stallings was a guy that uh, I had a little bit of exposure to. He made four straight birdies on the front, uh, to, to get above the cut line for a time. And then, uh, he also missed a five foot, 10 inch putt on 18 to miss the cut by one stroke. So, uh, just, uh, quite a few of those guys that were, were on that cut line last week and ended up swaying, uh, changing the, the six to six percentage a good bit. So, um, I was really excited through the first couple of days for our Scott Brown call, uh, your Scott Brown call on the show last week. I played a little bit of him, and, uh, yeah, he was in the lead there first day for a while. Yeah. I almost sent you a message and I knew I would curse him immediately when he was, <laughs> I mean, he was in tied for first, like that for the second hole on Saturday. So glad I didn't send that, uh, then the curse, maybe it was just me thinking of him, uh, started the curse, but that was uh, enough. That was enough to, uh, uh, to send him down the leaderboard, but still he made the cut uh, a few other guys that, uh, answer and Mark Hubbard that were pretty popular last week, uh, just kind of finished with the, the middling 40th ish, 40th 50th place finishes um as far as your the top of your leaderboard really the only guys that had a lot of ownership were ram obviously Finau ended up t2 with a really good sunday eight under par uh aaron wise made a sunday run as well to get inside the top 10 and uh, alex smalley who we've talked about a lot on this show including last week with a top 10 as well so uh, nice to see a few of those guys pay off but uh what were some other takeaways you had from last week uh shot tracker was a nice surprise uh waking up thursday and seeing you know your guys on on the course that was nice um no other main takeaways you know i was kind of out of it so i didn't watch any of the golf did you see the course and i like that the winning score was 17 under yeah it was nice it was uh it was easy on the eyes um a nice mix of holes 
obviously you had the uh, the seventh hole, which was most days it was around 280, 290, you know, 300 yards um, was drivable. Uh, you had a lot of guys put it within, you know, 20 or 25 feet there for Eagle. So that seventh hole was an easy, you know, an easier hole. Uh, a couple of the par fives played pretty easy. Uh, but then you had some, you know, you had some danger lurking as well with lots of bunkers and some water uh, to to put, you know, kind of that double bogey in the back of golfers' minds on a lot of holes. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a a really nice course, and you know, would be a pretty good venue to to host down the road. Along with that uh, that one that hosted last year, that was maybe in Connecticut. Now I can't think of the one that everybody likes so much. Um, the one that played like a links course. No, I, I can't remember. I just remember that there was a ton of birdies and there was a ton of bogeys and everybody loved the course. And hopefully somebody in the YouTube chat or in the discord will, will know it. But, uh, um, was that the one Higo one? Um, let's see what of any one and see if that was it. The Palmetto championship. All right. Now that sounds right. Congaree. Congaree was the uh, course. Uh, there we go. Teamwork. Put it all together. Yeah. Um, I did not remember that Higo won the tournament, so good memory there. Uh, but yeah, Congaree was the course. Uh, I, I didn't like it quite as much as that course, but uh, yeah, it was nice. It, it was a really interesting venue to host a PGA Tour event. So, uh, Rom obviously happy to uh, to have the win under his belt in a weak field tournament. No surprise at all. But uh, nice to see we had guys make a run. Kitayama made a run on Sunday. I was kind of rooting for him, uh, not for DFS purposes, but uh, he ended up inside the top five as well. Davis Riley. So uh, some fresh faces on the PGA two are making an impact last week. Anything else for you before we move on to this week's tournament? Uh, not really. Always good to see Patrick Rogers play well though. I uh, didn't have much of him, but uh, Hey, top 10 for him is uh, pretty good. Yeah. It's nice uh, result for him after a pretty dry run of form. So all right. Well, that's about going to do it for the Mexico Open. We'll go ahead and move on forward. We've got the Wells Fargo Championship this week. Uh, this tournament is usually held at Quail Hollow, but Quail Hollow is preparing to host the President's Cup, so it is not available to host this event this year. So TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm will step in as the host course, uh, which it seems like this course has been used for that purpose you know, a few times in the past. Uh, 2017, 2018, it hosted the Quicken Loans National. That's the last time it's been used for a full field PGA Tour event. So uh, if you're looking for some data on the course, don't look at the tournament history for this week because it is irrelevant. The 2017 and 2018 uh, Quicken Loans are the, the tournaments, the most recent tournaments that you could look at. So um, what do you know about the course and uh, what type of golfers we need to look for this week? Yeah, so it's a uh, par 70, measures 7,160 yards. They did lengthen it a little bit from the last time that we saw it. Um, so pretty long par 70. Um, one of the par fives is well over 600 yards, so it's only going to be reachable by maybe, you know, a couple golfers in the field. And then the other uh, par five is pretty long as well. The th three of the four, three of the four par threes are long. Um, a bunch of the par fours are over 450 yards. So I'm expecting a lot of long iron play. Um, and if you look at the past winners, I mean, Molinari and Kyle Stanley, I mean, two of the things that they do the best are, you know, hitting fairways and, you know, long iron play. So I think you're kind of looking for ball strikers. Um, the course can't be overpowered off the tee. So don't really need to look at distance this week. The fairways are, you know, kind of wide on average, but 
Um, you definitely want to hit them. So I wouldn't, again, I think accuracy is more important than distance, but again, just looking at total driving, looking at strokes made off the tee is probably your best bet there. The greens themselves, very small, 4,300 square feet on average, which is going to bring, you know, around the green into play a little bit. Um, they're featured bent grass if you want to look at putting splits. And then uh, the winning score, it was 21 under the year Molinari won, but he won by eight strokes. So don't put too much uh, stock into that. The other year was minus seven, uh, played in the top 20 in difficulty both years on tour. So I'm thinking a pretty tough test, which uh, I kind of like to see. Sorry, muted myself there. Um, what I took from that is that we can just play the worst putters in the field. Uh, that's the I mean, way. <laughs> Molinari, Molinari and Stanley, yeah. Doesn't get uh, much worse of a putting combo than that. But uh, all kidding aside, yeah, it does uh, profile as a second shot golf course, TD Green golf course. Um, plenty of trouble lurking. So another course that will yield some birdies, but uh, also will will yield some some big numbers. So bogey avoidance if you want to look at that but uh again with the course history just being almost irrelevant you're going to see even more people look at current form um you know maybe some people won't realize that it's on a different course and they'll play you know webb simpson or somebody but uh, does it do anything to you as far as your lineup building with this tournament you know being on a course that we haven't seen for four years no i don't think so you no, I, I mean, it really, it's it just a matter of, you know, you, you, the ownership is probably going to be spread out maybe a little bit more this week uh, than we, especially that, that we saw last week with Rom being like 50% owned. I don't think any of the top guys will get there this week, but uh, you'll, you'll get some, you know, people playing the game theory and well, I'm going to fade this 20% owned guy. And I, I think that the ownership will end up spreading out a little bit more this week. So um I guess in a, in a roundabout sense, then that means you can play whoever you want, but we'll go ahead and, uh, and dig in and see uh, what uh, conclusions we can come to in each pricing tier as we usually do. So we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and start at the top and uh, it's, it's not the same that we saw last week with Rom who closed at like plus three fifty in terms of odds. Uh, but it is another clear cut golfer at the top. And that's Rory McIlroy who's priced at 11.5 on DraftKings this week. So uh, is Rory in the same boat as Rom for you this week as what Rom was last week, or is it not kind of that case for you? It's not exactly that case for me. I don't know. I just kind of felt like, you know, Rom was going out of his way to go to that tournament to get a win under his belt. Um, the field was a little bit weaker. Um, I think I heard that it was the weakest uh, full field event of the season so far that wasn't an alternate event so it's not exactly the same but I still think Rory's you know hands down the best golfer in the field um, he leads everyone in my model by eight percentage points in terms of uh, you know rating out the best so I like him um, he obviously loves the Wells Fargo championship typically it's at Quahala. I don't think there's any crossover there but maybe he just got some good uh, juju going with the Wells Fargo um, and then obviously the last time we saw him you know he was second at the Masters where he kind of conquered some Sunday demons. So he's got to be in a good spot. Um, I'm not going 60% like I did Rom, but uh, I do think, you know, he'll be pretty heavily owned by me. Yeah. And we've got his ownership in the low twenties right now. Again, it's very early, uh, but uh, thanks to Trey for, for getting that ownership up here by eight o'clock on Monday evening. 
uh, just to have a, a first pass for us to look at. So right now we've got Rory in the low 20s, uh, but he certainly won't get up to the levels where Rom was last week. Uh, the other 10K golfers, we've got a lot of the guys that played last week. We've got Finau making the trip again this week. Answer making the trip this week. Um, any yay or nay, positive or negative impact on those guys after playing and making the cut last week? Finau making a run on Sunday. Uh, and then, you know, from Mexico up to uh, Maryland. I mean, that's not a short trip. So uh, nervous about the guys that that played last week, particularly here at the top, or do you like Finau or, or answer? Uh, not too nervous just because, I mean, Finau has been playing so bad forever that he's probably got to be feeling pretty good about his game. He led the field in Tita Green last week. Uh, I do worry about answer, though. I mean, he just hasn't been very good. It hasn't shown much upside. We kind of thought, you know, he'd get up for the event last week and uh, just didn't look great. Um, the irons haven't been very good, so I'll probably be fading answer. Um, I like Finau, but again, I mean, at that price, just give me 900 bucks more for Rory um, or I'll, you know, save a little bit and go down to Connors and Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Connors makes the most sense, I think, um, in here. I mean, if it's going to be a ball striking event, uh, then obviously you want Connors in a ball striking event and uh, he's also been putting it a little bit better of late so um, Connors is the guy here in the lower 10ks uh, I think that I am interested in don't mind Fitzpatrick either Um, that 10k price tag is going to scare a few people away but again if it's a tee to green competition uh, Fitzpatrick usually fares pretty well in those so all right, let's go ahead and move into the uh, the 9Ks. We've got Hatton, Leishman, Keegan Bradley, Russell Henley, Gary Woodland, and Patrick Reed uh, in this mix. And uh, obviously we all kind of laughed about Patrick Reed's stats last week, and I thought he was going to make us pay. He was there uh, in the mix after the first couple days, uh, but he shot 70-75 on the weekend and fell all the way down to 42nd place, plus four on Sunday. Uh, which played the easiest of any of the four days. So uh, Patrick Reed did not uh, rediscover that uh, form for the week as a whole. Uh, Shot that 75 on Sunday and actually did that while gaining strokes on the greens. So uh, the uh, the tee to green stuff on Sunday, those numbers were really bad for Patrick Reed. Uh, So he did not make us eat crow when it was all said and done. But Uh, 9k range is you know this is a weaker field event again so i mean these guys they feel a little overpriced it's not as extreme as what we saw last week but uh they're just you know 9600 for keegan bradley there's definitely not a discount in there and yet right now we have him as the highest projected owned of the 9k options so um that's just it's interesting and again the ownership's going to spread out a little bit but I, i i don't mind if you have a strong stance on one of these guys uh, being underweight, I think Henley is my favorite at 9,300. Um, just uh, feels like the type of event where if his short game cooperates, I, I think he'll, uh, he'll play well and, and he grades out fairly well in our projections too. So your thoughts on the, uh, the nine case. Yeah. Not going to be playing any Patrick Reed. Uh, like you mentioned, struggled again with the ball striking last week. And now uh, his wife used golf facts is out there attacking Tiger Woods on Twitter. So uh, yeah, no, no, none of the Reed family for me can't be doing that. 
Um, I do like the Hamley call. He's probably my favorite as well. 9,300 is a good price point. You think of a guy that doesn't make mistakes. I mean, fairways, irons, pretty good around the green and putter too. Uh, so yeah, love Hamley. I like Gary Woodland. Uh, if you take out his masters, he's been pretty solid all year. Um, coming off of a T24 last week with the good ball striking numbers. Uh, both of those guys played here, um, in one of the other two events and made the cut. So I like that. I don't know what to do with Haddon, Leishman, and Keegan. If Keegan's going to be the most popular, I don't think I can, you know, load up on him. But, uh, you know, Leishman coming off of uh, some good form, and he's got two top 15s here. So I think he's interesting as well. Is that two top 15s at this course or this event? Yeah, this course. Okay, so that's in 17 and 18, top 15? Yeah, so any any, uh, course history I mentioned will be – from the 2017 2018 quick and loans right um worth noting especially for those who might have missed the beginning new course uh for for this tournament this year this course was used in 2017 and 2018 for a different event the quick and loans national uh so if you want to reference course history that's the event you need to look at not this event uh for for any of the the recent years with quail hollow hosting the president's cup coming up so all right, so I like the Leishman call. I think uh, Leishman and Henley um, are, are my favorites there. We'll probably be underweight on the others. Uh, definitely no read for me either. I stand with Noto. You can't attack Tiger like that. That's the reason. That's definitely the reason. <laughs> He's getting a practice round in with uh, their pro, and she's complaining. Has that never How happened dare before? He? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I – it's just incredulous that this would happen. And a couple of golfers actually replied and said, you know, if you take the time, anybody will do this. I think Wesley Bryan said somebody, you know, course superintendent from somewhere took him around the course before he played there. And all he had to do was ask. So, um, you know, I mean, Tigers won there. I think he is. <laughs> I think he's probably good regardless. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you get a few perks just by being nice. Uh, try that sometime. Uh, <laughs> not you, Noto, but uh, Patrick Reed and yeah. his wife uh, should try that sometime. So, all right, let's move into the 8K range. Um, well, Paul Casey, give it. Let's give Paul Casey his own discussion. Um, he burned, he burned me at the Masters. We don't know how healthy he is, but he was like 20% owned every week, particularly in this field at this price. If there were no injury concerns, Paul Casey would probably be the highest owned golfer in the field. Uh, but there are injury concerns. We haven't really seen him in um, two months, and we don't really know where he's at. So what are you doing with Casey? I mean, last time when we did the master show, I said, you know, keep an eye on the interviews and the quotes from Casey. And as long as there isn't anything glaring, then uh, we can play him with confidence because he's not going to withdraw from a major. He played in the par three and then withdraws the next day. So I don't know. I don't think you can play him in uh, your main lineups like I did at the Masters. I'm not going to be doing that again. But uh, with like no injury factored in, he's number two in my model right now. So it just screams value. I'm sure I'll be overweight in MME, but it doesn't feel good. Um, You know, maybe he'll repay all of us that, uh, you know, that he burned at the Masters. He's got a lot of scoring to do (laughs) if he wants to do that. Uh, that was, uh, it was a rough masters when he pulled out and then Ustazen got hurt and then he pulled out and yeah, uh, the memories are flooding back, but, uh, <laughs> if he's going to be single digit owned in GPPs might as well, 
uh, take some shots in this field. I, I like it. So interesting names there, like some veterans. Uh, Garcia, I think if he can keep the ball in play off the tee, sets up as a course where maybe he could play well. Uh, Max Homa at 8,600, I, I think would be a good fit too. So then when you get to the lower part of the 8K range, uh, it, it does dip off a little bit. So uh, I like Casey Garcia and Homa in GPPs. Um, not a ton in the lower part of the 8K range, uh, but uh, what do you think about the rest of this group? Yeah, I like the Homa call. Um, Sergio is interesting in that he's been so bad with the irons and really good with the putter. So uh, the results look fine. So if the putter stays hot and the irons turn around, which you know is kind of his long-term strength, then uh, I think he's interesting for sure. I like Seamus Power a little bit at 8,300, just continues to grind out some good finishes. And then I'll go back to Webb Simpson. I'm a sucker for him. Anytime we get him on par 70 courses, I know the form hasn't been good. Um, the ball striking hasn't been very good. But, yeah, short, difficult courses is kind of his specialty. So, uh, and I looked at the four comps that Data Golf, you know, kind of recommended as, you know, comparable courses. And he's uh, second best in the field at those as well. So, yeah, give me some Webb this week. All right, so Webb can succeed no matter what course this uh, tournament's held at. Uh, he's uh, He's got the game to, to make it travel here. So um, we've got him at 10% ownership right now. I, Cameron Young at, at 8K uh, is a guy that I think, you know, given the form that he showed in the spring, the earlier part of the spring, uh, maybe we'll see a little bit of a, of a bounce-back performance here from him. So... Uh, I don't mind Cameron Young at 8,000. Right now we've got him carrying a, a little ownership in that kind of 16 to 18% range. But again, I, I just think it'll spread out um, once you get past that top tier. So Cam Young at 8K is my other pick uh, in the lower part of that range. And like you, I, I'm a sucker for, for Webb, so I'll probably uh, play a little bit of him as well. You've been a sucker for Jason Day in the past too. Is that ship sailed though? I mean, I was happy to see him in Scrivener at the top of the, the leaderboard at one point uh, with the team tournament. But I like day on long courses where, you know, he can be a little wild off the tee. I just don't think this is his cup of tea. I am out on him as well. All right, let's go ahead and move into the uh, 7Ks. It's starting at 7,900, we've got Aaron Ryan, Matt Kuchar there. A couple guys who have sprinkled a little bit of form lately in some tournaments. Doug Gim, my boy at 7,800, but uh, your thoughts on the upper part of the 7K range? Well, good news. Uh, the model is back on Brian Harmon, so uh, we can play him with confidence now. Uh, he's gained off the tee in six straight. We know the short game is pretty good. Uh, the irons have just been so hit or miss, so um, get him on a good week with the irons. I like the upside for Harmon. Um, and Matt Kuchar coming off of 16th, second and third. So he's had some uh, resurgence of form recently. I like that at 7,900. Another guy that I typically like a lot more on par 70s than I do, you know, on the longer par 72s. Uh, Johnny Vegas is a guy that always rates out well for me. Very good ball striker, lead off the tee, getting a lot better with his irons. So those are probably my three above 7,500, but uh, Neesmith's very good with his long irons. Joel Dahman um, is a guy that's very good with the ball striking. Um, Lonto Griffin finally showed some life last week. He had one of the low rounds on Sunday, so um, he's a, a big talent for a cheap price point. Finally, you know, playing a little bit better, so I like him as well. 
yeah, it was nice to see that round from from Griffin on Sunday. I uh, played a little bit of him as well. So he moved up 30 spots on the leaderboard on Sunday uh, with a 65. So he shot six under bogey free, uh, hit uh, all but two greens there on Sunday. So his rounds kind of got better as the week progressed. Really good stats from, from Sunday. So if you want to buy into that. Sunday hot round, keep it moving uh, going forward narrative, then uh, then Griffin uh, certainly fits that bill. So he is there at uh, 7,600 and probably not going to be super chalky. Uh, Noto mentioned Harmon. So when the model likes Harmon, everybody hop aboard. Uh, you know, it, it, with these weaker field events, and this is a spot where I think I'm going to hop back aboard Keith Mitchell. I, I, I stayed away from him for a while. There was that event a few weeks back where Keith Mitchell like suddenly became the chalk uh, because his form was pretty good. Uh, the price, I, I can't remember exactly what his salary was, um, but it, I believe that was the Arnold Palmer week uh, where he ended up finishing 61st. But, uh, of course, that was the week he was popular, and, and he didn't do much. But outside of that, 12th at Pebble Beach, 10th at the Waste Management, 9th at the Honda, 13th at the players. So uh, Keith Mitchell is having a really, really good year and we haven't seen him in basically six weeks. So uh, maybe refreshed and ready to go and uh, 7,800 salary. So I will uh, be back aboard Keith Mitchell. I'm sure he'll be popular again this week, but uh, certainly not as popular as he would be if he, he would have had a good finish that one week where he was, he was super chalky. So I like Mitchell at 7.8 K uh, outside of that, I pretty much agree with the guys that you mentioned in that uh, middle part of that range. Anybody else uh, around 7,500 or heading into the bottom part of the 7Ks that catches your eye? Did you give your take on that game yet? I didn't. I don't really know if I've got one. I will probably play him at that price. He made the cut last week, 33rd, probably not value so to speak for what his elevated salary was last week but now he's back down to 7800 i'll probably play some gim yeah uh i think uh, i just never know what his upside is but uh if this is a course where you know bad putters can succeed here comes right Gim. yeah he definitely fits the bill uh other it's guys are like stanley molinari gim perfect trio uh i like ct pan a little bit at 7,500, he's been uh, playing some consistent golf, kind of like Doug Gim, um, except he's better around the greens and uh, just struggles with the putter. So if he can find a hot putter, he's interesting. And then, yeah, I mean, in the lower range, there's some interesting guys. You know, Russell Knox, he had been popular the last few events, and uh, he's really been struggling. So maybe this is the time to hop back on him. Um, then you got the opposite of Knox and Denny McCarthy, who's just a, a putting wizard. I think he's interesting. Um, still has been playing a little bit better recently. What about, uh, Francesco Molinari, the, the defending champ, technically <laughs> defending champ from four years ago where he dusted the field by eight. Um, I, I mean, he kind of sucked people back in again with some decent results and then he shot plus 10 and two rounds at the Valspar and plus eight <laughs> at the masters. That is concerning his last four competitive rounds. 76, 76, 78, 74. I think I'm out. You want to know who's third in proximity from 175 to 225 this oh, year? Are you going to tell me it's Molinari now? Ricky Fowler. Oh, okay. Well, I'm and, not playing him either. And two top 12s at this event. 
Yeah, but that was, <laughs> I mean, that was like Ricky 1.0. No, we're on like Ricky six at this point. Like the, the, the prototype is broken. I thought I could get you. No, I would no not. Effort. You could have given me 50 guesses and I wouldn't have pulled Fowler. I, I, I didn't think that's where you were headed with that one. So, um, no, I would rather play Schwab. I'd play Kitayama coming off a good week. I'd play Luke List. I'd play Hubbard again. Smalling. I'd play Laird. Um, I'd probably play about four or five other guys in the lower 7Ks before I played Fowler. I'd probably play Steel. I'd go back to Knox, the Smallies in there, like all those guys before Richard Fowler. He's underneath them all. Um, all right, all right. You're not right. You're you're finally, you're finally past this, right? I mean, I say that on Monday, and then I just hear like one little snippet of him playing well on in the practice round, and I'm back in. <laughs> in order to save your bankroll, he's got to come out and say something bad about Tiger, and uh, then yeah. he'll he'll be all set. All right, uh, no Ricky for me. Uh, all kidding aside, I do like some of those names that I mentioned. Uh, certainly not going to go Smalley's price just doesn't really move. And he finally played well last week with the T six. So um, I like him. I like Schwab a little bit. Um, our projection model, I think grades Schwab out pretty well. Um, that being our internal projection model that, that Chris Jamino has been working on. Uh, I don't have your data in front of me yet, but uh, what does the nodal model think of Schwab? Uh, let's yet? see. What price is he? Oh, right there. He is yeah. 72. Yeah, he's one of the better values. Uh, also likes Glover, Lucas, like you mentioned, uh, Laird and Hubbard, both kind of rating out well, too. So, yeah, a lot of similar names. I like Smalley. Um, worth it going back there after the, the top five last week. That's pretty much it in the 7Ks, I think. He, he's not an option this week, but just because I saw his name and, and we've obviously got some time, but um, – you think Matthew Wolf will ever get back there again, or is he like the new Smiley Kaufman? Oh man, I don't, I don't think he's Smiley level bad, but like last year towards the end of the fall, I want to say he, you know, strung together like three top twenty fives in a row. So I think he's still live to come back. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was, but um, yeah, somebody said Ricky or Wolf moving forward. Who you got on Twitter? I can't remember. I mean, Wolf's said. younger, so he's got the time. But like you look at. Wolf, 64th miscut, 61st miscut, miscut his last five events. 281s in there as well. Yeah, he has so many blow-up holes. He's a guy that was like very, very made very little mistakes um, when he was good. So it's kind of weird just seeing him, you know, blow up so many holes. But I'm rooting for him to come back. Uh, he's obviously talked about some mental issues and dealing with those. So hopefully we can see him back soon. Yeah, rooting for him for sure. Um, all right, let's move into the final range, the 6Ks. Um, if you built your lineups like right away when pricing came out, uh, make sure you don't have Pat Perez in your lineups. He has withdrawn. Um, I think there was two There was two names that withdrew. Uh, uh, is Johnny Vegas Bege- is Johnny Vegas out? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. He's got the out tag next to him on. I was scrolling through on DraftKings just to make sure, and they've got Perez out. But uh, Johnny Vegas had surgery a month ago. But 
I don't think he's out. As Davis yeah. Riley was the other withdrawal. So yeah. uh, Pat Perez and Davis Riley are out, but I don't think Riley even made the pricing. Right. On DraftKings, yeah. So just Perez, and they've still got the out tag next to Johnny Vegas, but I think that's an old one because he. There are little notes as he had arm surgery a month ago. So I believe as of now, he's still in the field for, for this event. But uh, worth noting, with us taping this on Mondays now, sometimes there will be a few more changes. So um, before we get to the values, did you see the Monday qualifier list? No, but I heard uh, – well, I heard Lingmurth got in. And then – actually, yeah, so I did. I saw Big Panda. So uh, Norman Jong, he is baby. back. That's all. I mean, I'm obviously I'm rooting for him, but um, yeah, so just play him with uh, Pat or Paul Casey, and then you know you got a lot of uh, money to light on fire. <laughs> there you go, uh, for when Casey withdraws and Jong implodes. And uh, <laughs> all right, I'm feeling a sneeze coming here, so I'm going to mute myself. But you can start talking about some of your favorite punt plays. Yeah, so uh, let me preface this by saying it's uh, Monday, so we're recording this a day earlier than usual, and I have yet to uh, actually do any deep dive into anybody in the 6K range yet. So right now, the model, the guys that rate out well, um, kind of the veterans. You got Cam Percy. Um, he's two for two at this event. Coming off a fourth-place finish, I'm not sure where that was. You have Vaughn Taylor, who's been playing a little bit better recently. Uh, Henrik Norlander. And then Charlie Hoffman at 6,400. I mean, I can't believe he's 6,400 in this field. Uh, I don't think I'm going to play him because he hasn't even made a cut in a couple months. But, yeah, those are the names that the model likes. Um, I just – I don't see a lot down here that I really want to force in the lineups. Yeah, there's enough guys in that lower part of the 7K range. Like, uh, again, four or five of those guys, I, I think um, – you know, that's the the range where you want to stick. Um, you know, armor is going to grade out as a pretty safe play for made cut purposes, but he was last week as well, and, and then he didn't make the weekend. I think he missed on the number by one or something like that, but um, he did have a top five finish in one of the two 2017-2018 uh, events here. And you mentioned Lingworth, he was leading uh, the one year through the first couple of rounds, I believe. So you, you just never know uh, with, with these types of fields. But so Armour, I'll probably play a little bit of him. Um, but outside of that, you know, when I was going through the list of, of punt plays, uh, nothing really stuck out at, at me either. So um, probably we'll round out a lot of lineups with that lower part of the uh, 7K range because – most of the guys down here uh, are guys that, that have really been struggling. So uh, let's see. Anything else for you? Uh, a little bit of a it? tease for our premium content. I mean, if we do find somebody that uh, we like down here, we'll throw them in our articles. We'll uh, throw them in our rankings. So uh, we'd love to have you join us uh, with RG Premium. Yeah, for sure. Sign up rotogrinders.com and get yourself the combo premium package that covers basically every sport except NASCAR. We've got all the, the USFL and tennis and all those sports covered uh, with the combo package, or you can get uh, just a single sport package if you just want the golf uh, or just one other sport, uh, you know, baseball in full swing now. But uh, check us out, rotogrinders.com, and uh, we like what you see over there uh, if you sign up for the premium. Uh, we've got the AT&T Byron Nelson next week and then the uh, the PGA Championship at Southern Hills the week after that. So 
Uh, we'll uh, keep going with the uh, full steam ahead content here on Roto Grinders. And again, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but uh, for those of you who might not have caught it, uh, we're going to be doing a Twitter Spaces uh, little. Uh, we we did this uh, for the Masters, and uh, it went over really really well. Had you know a couple hundred people in uh, on Wednesday evening in the live Twitter Spaces. So I'm not sure yet if we're going to just run that through the Roto Grinders account. Uh, for or if we're going to run it through you know mine or, or Noto's accounts and um and and stream it that way but uh, either way be on the lookout for I'm sure the the Roto Grinders account will will uh, get it posted on social media all over the place so on Wednesday evening uh, we're going to try that we're going to do it like two weeks a month uh, so we'll obviously do it for the PGA Championship and then we're going to uh, test it out this week uh, for the uh, for the Wells Fargo so we'll do that on Wednesday. Uh, time to be determined, but probably early evening, something like that. Uh, so be on the lookout for some social media postings about that to get uh, a little bit of an update on the golf for the week on Wednesday. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get out of here for Noto. I'm Justin. Thanks to our producer, Steve, working hard behind the scenes for us as well. Enjoy your week, everybody. Have fun building those golf lineups, and uh, we'll talk to you later. 